Welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you learn how to find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows. This is not your average grief group. This is your journey group. It just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of widowhood. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of Widowed and Widow Coach, and I'm a professional certified life coach. Let the healing and your personal journey begin. You're listening to episode 70. Hey guys, welcome back. Fear. We've all experienced this after we lose our spouse, right? Fear over so many things. Fear of being alone, fear of what's happening with our finances, fear of facing work, fear of what our kids are going through. I'm sure there's a lot more fear that I'm missing out on mentioning here. I can just remember the overwhelming fear that hit me after Jim passed away, along with the sadness. Of course, the first thing you feel is that the, this deep sadness and deep loss but it's quickly followed by fear. And my fear was huge, like a tiger. What now? There's no income. There's not enough income. How am I going to make it? I'm alone. I'm scared alone. People were saying things in the world like, push past the fear, overcome your fears, put your fears to rest. I ate my fears, apparently. (laughs) I gained 20 pounds in a matter of weeks. That was the only way I could reduce the focus to fear for a few fleeting minutes was just to eat, preferably sweet and or comforting. And it actually was lots of apple bread that kind of fell into both of those categories. I couldn't push past it. It was there. It was there. It was like a crouching tiger. Anytime I made a move to open a door in my life, the tiger was waiting. Anytime I tried to do anything in my life, the tiger was waiting. Shop, start the snowblower. Let's not relive that story. Even picking up one of his books to place it back on his reading stack. Fear. I couldn't overcome the fears. No amount of apple bread was going to fix my lack of income. I know, I tried. I tried eating apple bread to fix it. It didn't fix it. Put my fears to rest? How? Like, are you kidding? I couldn't even rest me every time I lay down in bed. I would notice he was not there. The loneliness was there. And the fear loomed huge. But after months of fear, I figured something out. The fear was not leaving. The crouching tiger followed me everywhere, followed my every thought. Then I discovered what I could do. I could look the tiger in the eye and think, yeah, I know you well now. I allow the tiger on in the door. Fear. It's along for the ride, you guys. Right? I knew I could be eaten at any moment by the tiger. 
it did me no good to constantly think about being eaten by the tiger. I had to exist alongside of the tiger. So I did. I went to become certified as a coach and the tiger was getting bigger and bigger. The tiger was saying, you really think you can do this and support yourself? Like seriously, what if you fail? How is that going to feel? You would have spent all that time and energy and especially all that money. And you'll become a bag lady for your troubles. And then you have to face your family, your friends, yourself, a failure, broke, depressed, sad, lonely, defeated, crestfallen, disappointed, alone, alone, alone. How much easier it would have been to give in to the tiger, right? Why risk feeling all that terrible stuff? The total humiliation, feeling stupid that I thought I could do it. Broke, depressed, sad, lonely, defeated, crestfallen, disappointed. Better to just stay sitting in my house waiting for the mailman to bring my mail. Or maybe I could find another horrible job that wouldn't even cover a portion of my bills. But at least I would not have to feel that level of humiliation. I could just choose to fail at it ahead of time. Nothing more would be expected of me. I'm a poor widow, right? My life is over. I'll never be happy again. That's what is expected. I'll forever be sad and lonely, so just don't even try. It is so much safer to fail on purpose by not even trying. And that's where I see so many widows still. They're failing ahead of time because they're afraid. And so they just do what is expected. They crouch in their houses. They crouch in their ordinary day-to-day -day life, hoping that they can continue to get by. I took the other path. With the tiger walking alongside of me, that fear that was growing by the day, I decided there was no plan B. No plan B, you guys. Only plan A. And that was to start doing the kind of coaching I had been doing in the corporate setting, only doing it myself, my own business. Plan A was go get certified, learn more about this and start helping others. Show them how they can create an extraordinary life for themselves by creating an extraordinary life for myself as a widow. That was plan A, and I knew there was no plan B. So I had to make plan A work. Even with the overwhelming fear and self-doubt, it took immense courage to do that to risk feeling all those horrible emotions of failure. So yeah, plan A will include fear. It is guaranteed to include a few failures along the way. Yeah, that's what I originally thought.
Okay, there's here and there along the way, there might be a little failure that I'm just going to have to live through. And then I discovered failures were weekly, sometimes daily occurrences. And the only way to do it is to actually experience the fear, the humiliations, the self-doubt, the sense of lack, the financial freakouts, the depression, loneliness, disappointments, and stick to plan A anyway. If I could learn to allow those feelings, right? I could just feel the disappointment. I could feel the self-doubt and continue to do plan A anyway. Nothing could stop me. If I could walk with the tiger, I will also discover joy, elation, success, pride, excitement, confidence, self-love. Not only will I get to feel those feelings, they'll be bigger and deeper and more pronounced than I ever experienced before because of my willingness to expand my range of dreadful feelings. It makes my range of delight expand as well. That's how it works. When you try to avoid feeling all of the uncomfortable emotions, especially the ones that come along with taking a risk on yourself, right? Taking a chance for yourself. But if you resist feeling those bad emotions, you're narrowing down your emotional range, which means you're also narrowing down your capacity for happiness. As soon as you can allow yourself to sit in those other emotions, you allow yourself to sit in fear. You just recognize it. You're like, okay, this is something I want to try. And now I'm really afraid. And I knew that would happen. And you can just feel afraid. And you discover that feeling afraid does not kill you. You can fail at something, right? And you feel embarrassed. It's like, oh my God, I tried putting myself out there and this was so embarrassing. And you can feel that embarrassment. You can doubt yourself and still take the next step forward. When you can allow those feelings, then you are also expanding the other end of your range. When you have a success, you're going to feel over the moon about it. You're going to be able to feel true joy and elation again. You're going to start to take pride in your successes. You're going to feel excitement every day. So this is the challenge. The first hard thing you will need to do is discover what it is that you want. Seriously, we don't even think about this, so many of us. We go through life without really asking ourselves, what is it I want? What's important to me? And it's so important to know, what do you want in your life? So brainstorm, 
write an entire page of things you might want. Get out your notebook and fill every single line on a page. Get specific. Get selfish even. Let it all go. Just open up to any possibility. And then when you're done writing, 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 look at them and pick one. One big, juicy, exciting thing. Let's go for it. How will you feel if you can accomplish getting or doing that? Write it down. How will you feel? Every delicious feeling you will have if you can succeed at that one big, juicy, exciting thing. Then write down how you will feel if you put this goal out there, publicly even. You say, this is what I'm going to do in my life. And then you take action but it fails. How do you feel then? You're going to want to stop short because you see it's not working. Muster up how that will feel. Every dreadful emotion. Write them down. Seriously, do it. Because now I want you to look at your two lists of feelings that list of dreadful emotions <clears throat> that you wrote down is the very reason that over 95% of the people in this world will never even try to get what they want. They just choose to fail at it ahead of time. Right? They don't want to feel those ugly emotions, so let's just fail in advance by not trying. But look at that list of emotions, because if you can experience those emotions, if you can accept them and feel them, and as you're feeling those negative emotions over and over, tell yourself there's no plan B, quitting or stopping yourself from taking massive action towards what you want is simply not an option, then you can go for anything. And you can get through to the other group of feelings, the elation, the pride. I know. I have felt feelings beyond measure since Jim died. And I know you have too since your spouse died. Horrible pain, deep sadness, gut-wrenching sadness, horrible fear, and now I have felt all the feelings associated with failure over and over. But guess what? There's no plan B, baby. And I now have a successful coaching business. I've published not one, but two books. I would have never expected that to happen back when I was walking my tiger into the life coach school for certification. I have felt the deep satisfaction of helping another, right? The deep satisfaction of getting an email out of the blue from a complete stranger telling me how I changed their life because they picked up and read my book or listened to my podcast. They write and tell me the results they're seeing in their life. And I experience that joy and confidence and extreme pride 
But oh, by the way, I also still walk beside that tiger of fear. I still experience doubt, humiliation, foolish, sadness, deep emotional pain. And I can experience these things and still be okay. Imagine that. People think that because I'm a successful coach, I have a podcast and I have best-selling books, that I'm beyond all that or that I never, I never failed. It's like, sure, look at you. You, you succeeded. I want to tell you, this has been one failure after another. <laughs> this is how I got here was I kept trying things. I kept doing things. I kept failing over and over and I continue to do that. Right? No matter how successful my coaching becomes, I am still going to experience doubt, humiliation, right? Sadness, fear, that tiger walking next to me. He is me. And he's not going away. But if I can experience these things, if I can allow these feelings, recognize them, and continue creating what I'm trying to create in the world for widows, nothing will stop me. So imagine that. Imagine that you can feel all of the crappy feelings and still keep going. And as a result, every time something works, every time you help somebody else in their life, you get to experience elation. And because it's so rewarding doing what you're doing, you wake up every morning excited for what you get to do that day. These are not emotions that I had when Jim first passed. I was not excited waking up in the morning. There was not joy. There was not pride. There was certainly not confidence. I had been a confident, independent woman. And when he passed away, somehow all that confidence was shaken because my whole life was ripped out from under me. I had no idea who the hell I was at that point. But because I found the courage to allow those emotions and push ahead with plan A anyway, I was also able to feel the other side of the emotional range and begin to feel excited and happy again. Imagine that, happy again. Don't become so accustomed to your sadness and grief that it becomes your comfort zone. Because if that happens, if you become so attached to the emotional pain of losing your spouse, so attached to the depression and feeling that you can just sit in a chair all day that the idea of actually doing something and experiencing happiness is foreign. It's outside of your comfort zone and you become afraid to feel happy. I know that sounds like the most bizarre thing, but I see it over and over and over again with widows that their grief their emotional pain becomes their new comfort zone. That's what they're used to. And they don't want to push past it. They're afraid of happiness. 
don't be afraid of happiness. Don't become so settled with those negative emotions that you can't feel the other end of the range. Okay? Imagine that you can discover what it is you want for your life and you can start taking steps towards getting it. So do you want to help others find the strength to get through this and make something more of their life? Do you want to make something more of your life? You could become a certified widow coach. It's a path that can merge with your greatest dreams or it can become your new dream life. To find out if the class is a good fit for you, go to widowcoaches.com. At widowcoaches.com, you can put in your name, your email address. Uh, generally, I send you a link where you can go fill out a questionnaire so I can get to know a little bit more about you too. And if it looks like you're somebody that is ready to take this on, we can jump on a phone call together. We can talk about this. You can discover if the class is going to be a good fit for you. I have also started doing group calls. So when you go to widowcoaches.com and sign up, you'll get on my email list and you will be notified <clears throat> if I'm going to do a group Zoom call. And those are especially fun, those group calls where I answer questions about the class. I send out the Zoom link to everybody. You can click on it and come into the video call. That's how I teach the classes. So you will get a taste of what that's like. We have a lot of fun on those calls. So watch for that and try to jump on one of the Zoom calls and you'll have a chance to ask whatever questions you have about the class and find out more about it. So now it is today winter solstice that I'm podcasting and winter solstice means that we've just had the longest night of the year here in the north. If you are down by the equator, it's different. You've just had the longest summer day <laughs> or something like that. And to me, this is really the signal for winter because we do get colder and colder for a couple months and it's like the dark night of the soul. When I was growing up in California, I of course welcomed when those hills would start to green up and the wildflowers would come out. But I had no idea what true spring was like until I moved into the Northeast. And it's like you spend the winter months, the deepest, coldest winter months, cocooned, like you become very introspective of self. I'm curling up with books more, right? I'm getting snowed in, so I have no choice but to sit by the fire and read some heady stuff. And then when the coldness breaks in the springtime here and the flowers start to come out, you lose your mind. It's like the other end of that emotional spectrum because it is suddenly you can take off the sweaters and the coats. You can get outside. It smells different. You can start to smell the earth because it's thawing out out there. 
To me, that is exactly the most beautiful metaphor of what I'm talking about and experiencing both ends of the emotional spectrum. When you live in the Northeast, winter and spring are such polar opposites, right? I mean, winter and summer. But when you go from winter to spring, you're experiencing the two different extremes of climate. And one is the dark night of the soul. It's winter, it's snowy, it's icy. There are days that you just simply can't even leave your house. The nights are long. But when spring comes and you can take the coat off, it is elation, the smell of the earth. And then when the flowers, the bulbs start coming up and blooming and the leaves start to pop out on the trees, it's almost overwhelming to the senses, the opposite extreme. So I, though I am Christian and am looking forward to Christmas, I also like to celebrate solstice because I know it's the tipping point for our planet and the sunlight begins to return and that makes my soul happy. So enjoy your holidays and allow yourself to feel every emotion that comes with the holidays and they are emotion packed emotions of dealing with family emotions with missing your spouse allow those feelings so that when you come out the other side of the dark night of the soul you will experience happiness and joy deeply that's what i want for all of you so merry christmas and I will talk to you again in the new year. 